Welcome to Just Drink About It, a podcast where we take semi-controversial issues with 100% speculation and 0% research. Today we have a long time coming episode, an interview with our other co-host, Sean. Hello. And I'm Joe here, your host. Um, This podcast is a long time coming because... We did an interview with Devin, our barber, but now we're we're interviewing Sean, seeing the inner workings of his life, where he came from, what he's up to, and why he got into what he's into. But for starters, I will give you a little tidbit that he is an architecture student, and yep. we will find out more during this interview. Yeah. Or this us bullshitting, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm asking him questions, and you're listening to it because you have no other choice. Yeah. So, Sean. What's up? Where'd you come from? Where did I come from? Yeah. Uh, I came from Fresno, California. Um, the asshole of California. <laughs> right there in the center, the hub of uh, all communi- all communication, all transportation, um, agriculture and otherwise. Yeah. Right there in the center. Mm-hmm. Two hours from Yosemite, three hours from San Francisco, four hours from L.A., an hour from the, wait, the wait, Sierra wait. Nevadas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It takes you four hours to get to L.A.? Not the good parts of L.A. What are the good parts of L.A.? Like the coastal parts. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, no offense to any listeners in L.A. Yeah, we all love you. Uh, yeah, if you're listening in L.A., hand this to um, your supervisor and let them listen to it. Sure. But so you grew up in Fresno. How was that? I grew up in Fresno. Um, it, was a, it was a modest life. It was a modest life. Um... No, it's fine. Uh, we went to high school together. You know how it was. No, we did not. But you listeners didn't know how it was. Don't um, tell me what I went to high school with. We did not go to high school together. So Joey and I did not both go to the same high school and spend um, our entire school career together. Uh, we didn't. We didn't do that. Um, but I went to a little place called Clovis East High School, which was very well known for being. An agriculture high school. Um, we did have the best ag department. Ah, uh, yeah. The very vocation-focused school. Um, luckily, they had a drafting program, um, considering that drafting was a vocation. I took that, realized that, you know, problem-solving was an inherent part of drafting, and um, what we were drafting was more kind of a technical focus um kind of more like drafting you know what pieces of a say like a hub for a motorcycle would be um drafting those kind of things but in that there were like inherent problem solving issues uh, how do i lay out the sheet how do i set up the drawing um how do i begin to start you know drafting this thing in a logical standpoint and what i really was interested in was that logic and and the layout and the problem solving so I was interested in art also in high school Um, and unlike a lot of people who are interested in art in high school I kind of recognized that there wasn't an easy transition from high school or from schooling into the job realm for art Um, so I figured like what's a what's a good interface between an art focus and a problem-solving focus, um, and I arrived at architecture, and I started to fall in love with the way that people design spaces. Um, started to fall in love with the way that you design an experience, and 
That's what I grew up. That's how I grew up interested in an experience being the building or ah, the building being the experience. Yeah, I think. But um, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Yeah, you're. I mean, how you grew up being interested in spaces being utilized or the experience of. Well, so I grew up. Um, I grew up in a household where. I was allowed to express myself. I was allowed to be expressive. Um, I was encouraged to paint and draw, and I was the last of four kids. Um, I was the baby. You have three older brothers, right? Three older brothers. Uh, Fuck. Yeah, so I was I was kind of given this free reign to experiment with what I was interested in. Um, I was bought paint sets. I just, you know, kind of went crazy and sketched and doodled in school and stuff. And I was super interested in just creating shit. Um, and you know, I was never uh, in 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 school in elementary school. I was never into math. I was I was more uh, a thinker. Um, more intrigued and consciousness <laughs> yeah yeah and consciousness um i've always thought on kind of a metaphysical level and and always kind of uh created these um these interesting conceptions and 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 thought um conceptually about, about what i was drawing and shit about like what so. experiences and buildings could be rather than what they are right but at that point it wasn't buildings it was just you know, doodling a thing on a paper and, but at the same time thinking about like, what does this mean? Merely changing someone's perspective of a known thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, For sure. Um, so, you know, I kind of just carried that through my school career and, uh, that meshed with eventually meshed with the idea of problem solving. Um, it, it, became kind of a practical thing by the time I was in my senior year of high school um, and kind of consolidated into this architectural relevance uh, that I became so attracted to. So I guess that's that's some context in, in the way that I grew up and how that influenced what I'm interested in now. And Sean, I've known you for how many years? See, I met you in third grade. Right. Ooh, so like 18 years? Third grade was what, 2003? Um, 15, so 15, 16 years. 17 years. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's almost 2020. Okay, 17 years. Uh, yeah. Um, what's your favorite type of architecture? Is it like Spanish? Is it... It's such a hard question because... So when you break down types of architecture, mm-hmm. it's, it's broken down into isms. Um, you have... Um, I don't even know where to begin. Um, shit. Internationalism. Okay. Uh, Hold on. Let me rephrase that. What is the first type of... Well, when you started looking into architecture, mm-hmm. what is the first type that stood out to you? That's also a difficult question. It's the same thing. Uh, Not necessarily. Basically, architecture is art, right? It's a uh, it design expression of the designer's will and forte. Right, but also it's a reflection 
um, of of what the current state of the world is and what it's intended to be. I'll take internationalism as an example. Um, internationalism was brought in a time where the world needed the world needed a, un, a uniting force. Um, and architects are architects of this time, like Philip Johnson and Mies van der Rohe. Um, wanted to create an architecture that was universal um, and kind of meant the same thing to everybody in the world. So they created these boxes, right? And this was the emergence of modern architecture as we know it, where Mies van der Rohe would create a bottom plane, a floor, a top plane, a roof, and would encapsulate it with glass. Um, and these very like basic planar structures, these these basic elements of architecture would be something that would be recognized uh, by everybody in the world and would be ideally accepted because of their uh, stripped down nature. Um, and I think that's a good place to start looking at the kind of different states of architecture because when it comes down to it, architecture is just elements that protect you from the forces of nature um, somewhere where you can go to reside that's really all it is you go out into the wilderness and you put a, a roof up and you can sleep under it on the ground you've got your roof you've got your ground and you've got walls to protect you from the wind um, and so I would say what most fascinated me or what was most intriguing to me when I started studying architecture was this conception of the bare minimum um that idea of modernism and the stripped down elements of you know just basic needs in terms of shelter and so this is more of like a man seeking truth kind of path for you or yeah i mean what i'm seeking in architecture not necessarily is truth but it's more of a contribution to society um, architecture for me is something that is a tool to influence a life um, if you're designing a building you're designing an inhabitant right no matter what the purpose or the yeah. use someone's going to use that space for something yeah. yeah I mean if I design a house I'm designing a space where somebody spends all of their free time um, or all of their working time it depends on what the type of person is if mm-hmm. it's a if it's housewife or whatever, it's a very, you know, cliche 1950s, 60s way of looking at it, but there are still people that are housewives. Um, you're designing somebody's office. Um, at the same time, if you're designing an office, if it's somebody who spends all their time there, if it's a high-stress job, if it's a job that takes somebody's, I don't know, 80 hours a week, you're designing their home. Um you're designing a space for somebody to live in and to move throughout. And it's important to understand not only, you know, structural mechanical implications, um, but the implications that that space has on that person's life as a, as a whole, you know, they spend most of their time there. We spend almost all of our time indoors. Um, it's, super important and it's super influential the way that the space is designed Uh, so for me architecture is something that has a direct hand in the way that people live their lives and it has a direct influence on 
the types of lives that people live. Wow, that's really deep. But um, and I really like the answer. But where does this service to others come from? Um, I don't know. I mean, as I said, my my biggest driver for the type of work that I was going to be doing for the rest of my life was the fact that I liked to create. Um, I liked manifesting ideas that that came to me um, and putting them on paper and and um, kind of just you know putting them out there and seeing how people reacted. Um, and this goes back I'll again talk about that mirror that I was telling you about earlier the um, the desire to live in a way that um, allows people's perceptions of you to reflect your own idea of yourself um, and I think that that's a struggle that a lot of artists deal with is am I creating for myself or am I creating for others or am I good enough yeah, I mean, it can, it can come down to that, too. It's like, am I am I creating this piece of art or design um, f- as a sort of exercise in validation? Um, and I think, to an extent, that's what a lot of artists do. Um, you know, there are some artists that, you know, couldn't give half a shit, and they paint a urinal gold, and they put it out there. But I think at some level... Um, it's all a sort of ploy for validation Um, as with design and architecture I think um, a part of wanting to contribute sort of good life or uh, a good program for a building is a sort of validation for myself Um, to get a little personal it's uh, if I I, I'll use an example um Please do. If I create a building that allows somebody to live a prosperous and great life, like that's a reflection upon myself, right? That's that's something that validates my expertise or experience as a designer. Um, if my design can directly better somebody else's life or career or business, um, and I think that that is kind of an idea where a lot of my inspiration stems from, as I'm sure it does for a lot of designers and, and artists. Hmm. I like that. Yeah? Yeah, that was good. No, we do need people out there helping out people to live prosperous and successful lives, right? Isn't that the whole goal? Yeah, and I mean, you know, surface level, it does seem... A little so it seems selfless right like if you say that's your main reason to to do something is to better somebody's life but at the end of the day when you boil down the reason when you when you kind of um concentrate that reasoning it all becomes selfish well it's all, there is no selfless act right and that's uh that's something that i deal with sometimes too is uh I have this this interest, this intrigue, this uh, this career that I want to pursue. Um, I have clients that, because I'm also an architectural intern, I work on actual projects and I talk to clients and work on projects for them. Um, I have clients that you know desire this certain thing, and my my 
ideas are you know directly influencing the spaces that shape their lives um you know my my thought process is what's going to make the best space for this person but deep down as i'm sure it is for a lot of artists and and designers and architects is a thought that says okay well what's going to make me look the best like what's going to what's going to be the best move I can make in this design situation that makes the client think this is a good architect or this is a good intern or this is a good designer or this is a good artist. Um, there's always going to be this sort of uh, kind of self-driven um, mirror-like perspective on the situation. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It is really all a selfish act, right? Our entire lives. But at the same time, not every act is a selfish one. Does that make any sense? Like, not... Like, there is no selfless act, but not every act is a selfish one? Sure, I mean, there can be selfless acts. Well, no, if there's not any selfless... there, Every, every act is a selfish... There is no selfless acts, but every act is not a selfish one. So you could generally just care about people utilizing space if we boil it down to the bare bones shelter of just survival, which is essentially what architecture is, right? Building a shelter for, or some sort of habitable space. That, that drive to just help people is innate in you and um, you genuinely want to help other people. But at the same time, it does make you feel good when someone utilizes the space to its fullest potential and its full succession. You feel good about it, which makes it selfish. Right. But your initial motivations for doing it is initially selfless. Right. So not every act is selfish, but no act is selfless. I mean, it's hard to tell what initial is, right? It's uh, an initial intention is it's kind of subconsciously motivated. Well, what is consciousness? Yeah, back to this. Um, It's not something, and it's very rare that you come across somebody who's that um, pragmatically programmed that they're sitting there and then they have a thought and that thought is, you know, why do I want to do this thing? Um, This is why I want to do it okay, now I'm going to do it. It's more, you you have an emotion, at least for me, I mean, I can't speak upon what everybody else thinks, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's uncommon that that is the route. I feel like the more common route is, I feel this is what I should do. I do this thing. This is why I did that thing. And then you're assigning kind of a meaning or a reason for that based on your own conceptions of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, at least, it's it's, you know... I I feel that designing is what I'm good at. I feel that um, creating a space is what I have a knack for. And, um, you know, banking off that, like looking at after I design it or um, after I've begun designing it at least, uh, then I start to think, okay, well, why am I doing this? Okay, well, maybe it's because I want to provide a good space for this person. That's kind of more the that's kind of more the process that I'm with. Instead, rather than having a client approach me and me going, okay, well, I want to make myself look good. 
so I'm going to do a good job, <laughs> and then I'm going to give this person a good space. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's more of I just want to give that person a good space. It's it's and more then of everything else follows. It's yeah. Well, for me at least, it's more of a it's. This is what makes me happy. This yeah. is doing this thing makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then step two, two steps back. This is why it makes me happy, and this is why. You know, I understand that it makes me happy. Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you find this architectural school that you're going up? going to I mean going back to you figuring this and this isn't a um, a rough transition you were talking about your um, discovery of your logic and your discovery of love for expressing yourself through drafting through figuring out the issues that are presented through um, structural problems or architecture and whatever um, not whatever but you know what I mean etc yeah, there's a lot you can't um, say everything so yeah. you gotta say whatever dude. that's fine <laughs> There are a lot. We do have a lot of issues in just structural integrity. But, um, so you figured this out in high school. And, wow, this is coming off as a huge digression. I apologize. I was just so enamored by um, your beliefs and your feelings and whatever. And you listeners, you're um, not paying anything for this. So, uh, <laughs> But we love you. Um, so you go through all of that. You're finding yourself through high school, figuring out how to draw, figuring out your expressiveness. You grew up in a household that no one limited your expression for the most part. I saw the Grateful Dead door beads that you had. No one. <laughs> if if someone if someone wanted to limit your fucking expressiveness, that's where they would fucking draw. Yeah, my my parents would have said no fucking yeah. door beads. Uh, yeah, door you had a fucking you didn't even have a door. My you dad removed my door. You so had door, door beads. beads. That was sick, dude. And they were they were pretty sweet, but only if you looked at it at a certain angle. <laughs> Like anything else, you can see your balls hanging out. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were see through. I hate to tell you this. No, we I, saw was, I was well aware. I was well aware. Um, but how did you um, just? Can you walk me through that transition of figuring out the logic, falling in love with it? Um, not necessarily finding the school that you're going to now, but just figuring out that that's where you want it to be. Yeah, I mean, I'll walk you through the. I'll walk you through the timeline, I guess. Um, so. We don't have to. Either. No, but I will. <laughs> uh, junior year of high school, took a drafting class, fell in love with the problem solving. Um, senior year of high school, I took an architecture class, which was a little more than just creating fucking SketchUp models, 3D models, and fucking Auto- around all class. AutoCAD? It was, I barely touched AutoCAD that year, but I had already known it from my drafting class. Excuse me. And then, uh, I went through that, and that was fine. Like, we did a... What was it called? Um, It was essentially a mentorship program. It was the ACE mentorship program, um, where our entire architectural class in senior year of high school came up with a project for this, you know, pre-established program. Um, I think it was a senior center, something like that. Um, in the Central Valley of California, and uh, good luck finding out where that is. Sure, yeah, that's Little Rock, Arkansas, twenty fourth so Island. Difficult um, to find out, but anyway, so we came up with that. Um, that was a fun process for me. Um, conceded that I want to do architecture as a career, so I went to community college. 
Um, went to City College for a while, got my associate's degree, um, and our City College had an, an agreement with a school called New School of Architecture and Design. And um, essentially, it was if you get your associate's degree, you get to transfer in third year. The tag? Hmm? Never mind. Uh, but it was, a, it was an articulation where almost all the credits that I'd accumulated at community college would transfer over, so... Of course I fucking did that. My yeah. brother already lived in San Diego, um, so why not move Hell down? yeah, dude. Um, so yeah, I started going there, and I'm in my thesis here now, working on something very exciting, very new, very fresh, um, very is it? new frontier for architecture that I can't talk about because I signed a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, you need to send me that. Um, I'll just show you after we finish recording this because I've got it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited. Um, we've got new things in the pipeline, new ideas about the future of architecture and how um, the digital realm and architecture are going to interface to create in the Alaskan pipeline. A new uh, <laughs> in the the architectural pipeline. Is that a new one that I haven't heard about? Yeah, they just built it. It goes from the North Pole to the South Pole. Oh, the architectural pipeline. Yeah, okay. it goes along uh, each. See, I thought that was similar to um, an Alaskan pipeline. Sorry. Is where you um, what's an Alaskan pipeline, Sean? If you're referencing the sexual um, term Alaskan pipeline, it's when you poop in a condom and you stick it in the freezer, um, and then when it's frozen, you use it as a dildo. Sean, what? Yeah. You've done that? No. Didn't say I did it. How do you know? I didn't even know what that was. So there's the thing. Uh, if you type in urbandictionary.com, um, sometimes it has like a random word of the day thing. And I believe the Alaska pipeline was one of the things that we found. Yeah, he's probably right. Uh, it does come from um, Urban Dictionary. But at the same time, um, your parents probably don't know what that is. So throw it out there at your next dinner party. And... Um, yeah, you won't yeah. get a lot of looks, but you know what it is. Yeah, you know what it is. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell your parents what an Alaskan pipeline is. Also, if your parents need any architectural work, um, gonna have my license super soon. Uh, How just, soon? Uh, How soon can you wait for your album to drop? My album, my architectural album. Yeah. Um, I am 500 hours away from getting my certification. Um, essentially finishing my internship hours. And that just means that you can do it while that supervised means, rather than freelance? No, that just means that I can begin to take my tests for licensure. So that takes a year. So by 2021, by the end of 2021. So 2022. So by, by 2022, I'll Shit, be licensed. Stop. Uh, however. All the twos. All architectural licensure is not required for buildings under three stories. Um, it's not required for retail space renovation. However, I will not be able to do uh, my own mechanical and or structural work. Um, mechanical and plumbing are lumped together, so I can't do also, specific I do, plumbing work. What is the difference, now that you might, I'm glad you brought that up, what is the difference who would be able to do structural and or mechanical? 
So, uh, for structural, you need a structural engineer? Well, okay, and that's what for I'm getting mechanical, at. you need a mechanical engineer? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I know you do, and I, and I was trying to bring that up in a way in to not belittle... So, let's say we have a project, But right? what's the difference let's between... say we have a ground-up project. A, so A what? A ground-up project. Okay, so, so like from bottom floor up? Yeah, so no, no, no. We'll paint a picture of, like... Say, Joe, you're my client, right? I'm your client. You just bought a site... Um, a block away. Plot of land, yeah. It's just fucking dirt. It's yep. weeds and shit, right? I build a farm. So, what you're paying me for is to, depending on the scope, it depends. Um, you could be paying me for a master plan, because I could do that. I could tell you where the building should go. I could tell you where the parking would be best fit mm-hmm. um, based on the streets, based yep. on the utilities. Um, so you pay me for that, but you also pay me for programming the building. So you want a four-story mid-rise building for apartments or a mixed-use building or something like that. Um, so what I do is I figure out where that's going to go, look at the zoning, look at the, um, do a feasibility study, uh, setbacks and shit like that, like how far the building needs to be away from the streets, where the parking lots need to go where the fire lane needs to go for the fire truck and shit like that. Um, and then I can start getting into the building. Uh, so I can lay out the shape, give that to a structural engineer, um, tell the structural engineer, hey, like I want this type of program. This is where I want the rooms to go. Where can the structure fit in with this? Yeah. Uh, and this is a design build kind of situation where the client the architect and the, the consultants, which would be the mechanical um, consultant, the structural consultant, the plumbing consultant, the uh, fire consultant, depending on mm-hmm. how intense the building is. Um, so really the architect's role is to um, kind of put all these pieces together. Um, the structural would tell you where the structure needs to go. You just talk to everybody through the process. Make sure that your plans, your arrangements for your rooms and ceiling plans and shit like that, don't um, it, make sure that nothing interfe- interferes with one another. Like you don't want to duct a mechanical a mechanical duct going through a beam. So it's the architect's job to coordinate all that, I guess. Um, so if you're my client, mm-hmm. you're hiring all of these consultants. Yeah, I'm and hiring you and then you're contracting out, I presume? You're hiring me. I'm recommending consultants for you to hire. Okay. Um, and then I'm talking to the, the consultants and making yeah. sure the building that I'm designing and that the systems they're designing all work together and fit together and uh, that you're getting the best bang for your buck. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's how it works. Yeah, no, I was definitely curious on them. Thank you for cleaning that up. Yeah, of course. But, um, Sean, um, we're heading towards the end of the podcast. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you have a lot of meetings and yeah. other stuff to get to. Um, but it's, uh, it's about 1 a.m. on Christmas morning, so I've got a, got like five meetings I need to be at. Yeah. Um, you know, those Chinese investors don't wait, so you got to... 
Yeah, you got to get back over there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really glad you're part of this podcast. I'm really glad you're here to share your story and why you love to do things that you love. And honestly, dude, I'm just glad to have you. I'm glad you're one of my better friends. Yeah. Glad to, Not the glad best one, because you know there's a hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Barbers hold a higher ranking. No, they don't. They're just the first ones to get there. So. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, no, I love you. Thank you for being here. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, just my Instagram. I post architectural bullshit. Um, it's <laughs> S-E-A-N dot B-O-Z. That's at Sean dot Boz. Boz. Um, if you're interested in seeing some cool photographs and computational architectural stuff, um, go ahead and give me a follow. That's all I've got to plug. Okay, um, I got nothing to plug, um, but I will next episode and the other next episode. Also, I just remembered what I needed to plug, and you look like Joe Pesci from Home Alone in that beanie you're wearing right now. I'm just wearing a black beanie rolled up above my ears. And so it looks nice. like the Home Alone so, beanie yeah. that the Sticky Bandits wore. It's fucking hilarious. What bandits? Oh, the Sticky Bandits. No, it's the wet bandits because the they turn the water the, on. Yeah, that's the first one. The second one, the sticky bandits. All right. He's sending the uh, Salvation Army Santa. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And it was just like $2 and change. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, listeners, we love you. Thank you for listening to Sean's tragic story. Tragic. But um, we're glad he's here with us, and I love him. He's one of my best friends. Um, yeah. All right. So, thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to my BS. Um, peace out, home slice. Peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs>